Hey, coming up on the podcast, it's a 1980s helicopter throwdown. Blue Thunder, 1983 versus Airwolf, 1984, who will reign supreme. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Hey listener, welcome to the Magnificently Huge podcast. This week, as you can probably tell from the music, we're going back to the 80s. That's right, the 1980s. Uh, to view a couple of dueling helicopters that happened at the time. One was a movie called Blue Thunder starring Roy Scheider from 1982 about a police surveillance helicopter that had all the high-tech doodads and then stuff happened. Or Airwolf, a television series, oddly enough also about a very highly advanced techno helicopter with doodads and stuff blows up real good. That stars Jan Muckelvince and Ernest Borgnine and uh, ran for four seasons on CBS and then cable. Uh, there's also a TV show version of Blue Thunder that, uh, well, gets a little love, but damn, it's terrible. So we're going to do uh, a look-see, a Thunderdome, if you will, between Blue Thunder and Airwolf and find out which one we prefer. I think I know. You'll just have to listen to find out, because uh, who knows what lay ahead, uh, apart from us, because we've already recorded this and, and this is the intro. So send us an email, magnificentlyhugegmail.com. You can reach out to us via our website, maghuge.com. You can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, blah, 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 blah. And then, of course, you know, iTunes and SoundCloud and wherever you find your podcasts, we're uh, hopefully there. And that's why you're listening. So without further ado, Blue Thunder versus Airwolf, the copter throwdown or Thunderdome or cage match. I mean, there's, you know, that's. One versus the other, and it's totally arbitrary the way we uh, come up with our decision. So, enjoy! He flew blue thunder. Wow, Can't say I've never heard that theme song in my entire life. Ever. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast, where, yeah. because I'm Eric, I'm Brian, I'm Chris, I'm Chris, yeah. I'm Chris. this is Chris, yeah. I'm this week we're you, chopping you it with choppers, <laughs> yeah. it's chopper choppers, it's the with, 80s with, with, copter with, throwdown between yeah. Blue Thunder <laughs> and Airwolf Wolf. Oh, Wolf. in the yeah. 80s, we loved our helichoppers, didn't we boys? Oh, oh the my helicopters. God. Well, yeah, so we cool. can get in, we can get into the, the full tilt boogie, but uh when but I was yeah. growing up, I wanted to be a private investigator with a mustache and have a black best friend who flew one. Yeah. <laughs> this Well, I guess that is Donald Belisario as well, <laughs> which we can discuss. Oh, uh, yeah. But but just for the record, Brian, you had never seen Blue Thunder. I had or not. Airwolf. Nope. Like, I, yeah. Interesting. I had stayed away from all of you, it. You popped you your watched, copter cherry. You didn't watch Blue Thunder then. What's that? You did watch Blue I did. Thunder. I did then, watch right? Blue Thunder. Yes. I've did you try thoughts. to watch did you try to watch the uh the TV show? I wonder. 
I, I watched some of the TV show and then I watched a synopsis video, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which I think was helpful. Which is pretty yeah. much what everybody did back in 1984 anyway. <laughs> yeah. yes, the, they went on YouTube in 1984 yeah. and watched the synopsis who knew, video. Oh, who knew one day we'd have cliff notes for movies, right? <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's the show this week is the the big copter versus copter uh, thing. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. But before we do that, do, do y'all have anything uh, fun that you'd actually like to talk about? Like some fresh shit? This shit is fresh! Oh, shit. That is fresh. This stuff is really fresh! Yeah, I've got a fresh shit. Okay. Fresh shit! Uh, okay, this week I'm talking about uh, a YouTube channel again that I want uh-huh. you to check out when you're cracking out on YouTube channels. Uh huh. It's called The Y Files. Uh, WHY files and it's a guy and his uh is goldfish which is just a, like a little animated goldfish that sits next to him saying wise ass things it's it sounds dopey but they they then talk about conspiracy theories aliens what uh the 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 the, the Denver airport really is all that that nonsense mm-hmm. having the gold smart ass goldfish is kind of a good thing because you can never take any of it too seriously but at the same time he takes all of these weird ghost story things very seriously and explains to you everything we know about you know the denver airport one is fascinating because i never knew why they made such a big deal of it until this he has so he does anyway he does these these half hour or so videos on each of these topics and does a deep dive on all of it and then tells you okay here's all the parts of this story that are bullshit and <laughs> here's all the parts of this story that are not and so it's a very fair way of looking at these stories you know cuz usually it's either the full skeptic here's why you can ignore this one or it's the full joe rogan here's why this is totally happening bro and this is again all of the information sort of a judge for yourself highly entertaining uh yeah i recommend so you it. would you would say start with the denver airport one um maybe i mean i actually what i would say is go to the channel open up all of his videos and just scroll down until you find something you find interesting because he covers so much there is something in there where you've heard of you know the fake moon landing one you know, mm. the the face on Mars one, all of these things where you go, oh, yeah, no, I know that's horseshit. Even if you know it's horseshit, you watch it and you go, OK, yeah, mm. there is there are some gaps here. There's some missing information. <laughs> There's some stuff that like, OK, the the face on Mars one, they they said, well, we took a picture from another angle and you can totally tell it's not a face. Right. There is no second picture. They never released a second picture. They have no second picture. And every time we sent another uh, uh, satellite to Mars, they have said, well, can you take a picture of that face thing so that we can see for sure whether it is or is not? A- and they won't do it. Dun, dun, dun. They s- and the one time they said, okay, fine, we'll do it. The Mars rover exploded. It was gone. <laughs> that we, we can't do it. It's like, yeah, <laughs> there's sounds- all of this. There's all this other information that it's not proof that there was a a civilization on Mars. There's all this information that says it's not impossible that there was another civilization on Mars. Why don't you just take a second goddamn picture and prove there wasn't, and they won't. That to me goes, okay, that's something. 
See, that's that's how you get Moonfall. I mean, it's just that's the that's the <laughs> kind is, of yeah. leap. This is like YouTube art bell going on here. <laughs> but yeah. it's no, no. But that's the thing. Yeah, it sounds tinfoil hat, but it's like all they, they it's it would be very simple to shoot this thing down, and they don't. You know, and there's there's a number of stories in here like that where it's like, okay, look, this all hinges on this piece of evidence. All they need to do is just prove that it's very simple to do. Go for it. And they I mean, don't. I guess. But this seems like it's teetering into like uh, John, like John Caviezel, Sound of Freedom, QAnon territory, because it's like connect uh, five hundred dots, yeah, and it all makes sense, right? Right. That's what right. it sounds like. Right. That's and that's the thing. This is basically the information that we know. You know, yeah. That's that's my point. Is that it's not celebrating the conspiracy theory it's explaining the conspiracy i mean honestly it's no dumber than uh you know hollywood elites harvesting adrenochrome from children to stay young it's i mean it's you know yeah okay anyway yeah <laughs> oh sure you put that one somehow a, that one's I, crazy I, I put a link to the youtube channel in the in the show i think notes, actually so. there might be one on that and like i say there there are there are ones where he says, okay, this one is complete horseshit. And let me tell you why. And it's because the information exists with which to say this is complete horseshit. Okay. You know, it's like, that's what I like about this. It's not celebrating or promoting any one thing. It's just saying, <laughs> so here's, here's, here's why it's still a thing. If this is, I was, this is I, Henry Silva with bullshit or not. I was, I was going <laughs> to. I, I thought about bringing this to the to fresh shit and and I'm not really planning to, but there's a podcast I was listening to called behind the bastards. And it was talking about Scott Adams is why the Dilbert guy lost his mind. Oh, and because he's white and rich. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's a few reasons, but he's, he's his roommate dick, in but, college was Pence. Yeah. He, yeah. Um, but at one point they're, they're going off because he's, he's doing this whole thing in one of his books or whatever about, you know, how, well, how do they? How do we know that it was six million Jews? Where does that number come from? From the Holocaust? Yeah. And he's like doing this, and and the the host is like, dude, Google that at all because like that information is very <laughs> much there. Like people can answer that question. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Google. If it's not on True Social, I'm not going to listen to yeah. it. Yeah, I remember there was a woman for the. Um, the the holocaust museum i think and it was she had a really great response to all that did the holocaust happen stuff which was just i will debate anyone on the number you know if you want to say it was actually 10 million you want to say it was actually 4 million that's fine if you want to say it didn't happen at all i can't even fucking talk to you you know mm -hmm. it's i mean that's yeah. that's yeah it's like if you're just quibbling numbers maybe there's a discussion it's the people who say it didn't happen at all that's well, I mean, like yeah. what's the point of quibbling the numbers? Oh, it's fewer millions of yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's just like yeah. you know, someone who's a flat earther and thinking they got you because of some story they read or this and the other, and like I'm just asking questions. It's always seems to be the yeah. uh, <laughs> the approach. And it's just I don't really care if you're asking questions, they're not the right questions, right? And the answer you want is not the one you want. Mm -hmm. So there you yeah, go. Didn't the flat earthers thing always feel like a parody of uh conspiracy it does. like you're not you're not for real right the, yeah. the earth is real you're you're you are for real Ooh. yeah and then it turns into like the whole disc world thing where it's the elephant on the turtle's back or whatever i mean it's just 
<laughs> I mean, you do you, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but a man's face know. on the moon. That's interesting. <laughs> Mars. It's on Mars, Chris. Oh, on Mars. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. I'm only half listening. And the face will annihilate you if you dare look. And it's like the Medusa yeah. of Mars. You will fucking yeah. turn to stone. Yeah. I think yeah. I was still hung up on Moonfall. <laughs> and then just conflated because Eric made me yeah. watch that. <laughs> All, All right. Okay. What else you got, Eric? Uh, nothing that's quite as reductive. Uh, <laughs> well, are you sure, though? Yeah. Are you sure? Well, I have the facts on what could be more reductive and what could be bullshit of what's more reductive, and I leave it to you to decide. We'll do our uh, own research. Yeah, we'll okay. Okay. spin the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. all I got. <laughs> well, that's right. a shame. That's a- Chris, what do you got? You always end up going last. Uh, <laughs> yeah, why is that? Because Eric and know. I are better I don't than you. Know. We yeah. do more things. I mean, yeah. you know, you certainly think so. That's yep. true. Yep. Uh, I've, I got a hankering, but couldn't find it anywhere until I found it on YouTube. Some kind soul was good enough to put up the full season of the animated show Mission Hill from like 1999. Oh, yeah. Uh, it had been ages and ages, but they get extra points because they use the song Italian Lover's Leather Sofa as their theme song by Cake. Uh, I don't know this, this show. I don't think you, I don't know if you've watched it or not. It it's the one that looks like it was designed by Peter Bag, who does hate comics. Oh. Um, but it's basically chronicles. Uh, it, it's an animated show chronicles uh, a slacker dude in his early twenties in this town called Mission Hill, which could be San Francisco. It could be any large American city. Yeah, I always thought it was San Francisco. But this, I think the city in this is actually called Cosmopolis, so they never <laughs> explicitly state what town it's in. But he's just a, a slacky do, uh, Gen Xer. And then he's forced to take in his younger brother, who's a nerd, to finish high school because the parents are selling the house and they're moving to a cabin in Montana or something. And then it's the conflict between the, the younger nerdy brother and the, the slacker do. Older this is brother. the one where the where the the younger brother in one episode is like, "I'm peeing in the shower." That yeah. one, yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think that was like maybe the fourth or fifth episode that I when I caught it on like the CW or Fox or whatever fucking network it was on. It only lasted like thirteen episodes before they pulled it because it was just too good, I guess. But there was a whole courtroom scene, and it was my introduction to it. And I was watching it, and my first thought was, "Oh, Eric needs to see this." <laughs> Eric needs this, but they never played it consistently so i think i called you and told you about it you're like oh cool man i'll check it out and then nothing so <laughs> so uh find it on youtube and watch it and then tell me how much you hate it because uh i don't know if it'll translate now to people that aren't familiar with it yeah this was part of that initial batch of adult swim stuff right like yeah, was, yeah. this was when you got like whatever home movies and dr cat's professional therapist and mission mm. hill like and, all kind of hit yeah, at one point and oblongs and harvey birdman yeah. it was definitely part of that early lineup uh but the thing that always struck me is that it it definitely uh hit some pain points for me at the time because uh i was coming off of my hardcore slackerdom in the 90s and there's like literally a whole episode where he loses his job and then has to figure out how he's gonna <laughs> get the get the former shop owner who's now in jail for tax evasion to sign his uh paperwork so he can get his unemployment checks 
And that's like literally the whole show. And then when he gets it, he's like, I'm living on easy street. I mean, it's just, that's literally the entire <laughs> show uh, until the money runs out. And then his friend who works in an ad agency and is much more successful, but in a very low key way, uh, gets him a job there. And then he realizes that all his other friends have sort of <laughs> like figured out life and moved on and gotten serious. And he's like, where the fuck am I doing? I mean, it's just that that's is literally a rough time. Yeah. yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Well, I think we all had that though. Yeah. And so it's, it hits pretty close to home on a lot of that, uh, Gen X on we kind of thing. And it does it so well. Uh, I just, but, I feel like there was like some, 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 uh, uh, hour in high school where they herded everybody into a room and explained to them how to proceed with the rest of their lives that I missed. You know, I still feel yeah. that way that there was just, there was information that wasn't passed on to me. And I, as a result, spent the next decade going what? Yeah. Well, the good news know. for you, Eric is no, everybody is to as clueless as you are and always yeah. has been like, yeah, as it turns out, yeah, <clears throat> no, Nobody knows what the fuck yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Think about that the next time they put you under anesthesia and try to do surgery on you. Yeah. <laughs> or don't. Or don't. That sounds like an actual Mission Hill uh, plot line, if I, if I may. Uh, uh, so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it was definitely of its time, but it's still very much its own unique culty uh, show. And there's only like 13 episodes, so it's uh, never really got a chance to, to take off. But uh, it's fun. It's good. Watch it. Mission, Mission Hill. Hill. Mission Hill. I think I've right. heard the title before. We will yeah. check it out. Do it. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm going to bring the actual fresh shit. Um, oh, look at him. Look at this. Yeah. Big King on campus. Well, I'm going to big. Our, 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 our I, 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 shit. I don't know. Nobody I'm... even watches movies anymore, dude. It's all YouTube. Well, that's so just it. Here we are on our movie <laughs> podcast. And like, who goes and sees the latest <laughs> movies? This guy, no, uh, Mission Impossible, whatever the fuck, the Dead Reckoning, Mission Dead Reckoning, Mission part Impossible, one. New Forgettable Title Part One. Yes, the the third Part One of two movie this summer after yeah. Fast X and Spider Man, whatever Spider whatever's it was. Does um, uh does Tom Cruise hug another plane in this one? Uh, I mean, he definitely does his own stunts again. Yeah. Um. I got, I got, but, uh, I got four words for you: red light, green light. <laughs> yeah, Kittredge, you've never seen me angry. Yeah. So this this one actually tones it down a notch. The last one, whatever that one was called, uh, Fallout, I think. Yeah. Uh, the, was, the one with uh, Henry Cavill doing the the double pump arms in the fight. Yeah, that yeah. that is probably the best Mission Impossible movie they're ever gonna make. It's uh, so that long was, though; it goes it on so forever. Good. It goes um, on forever. This one, I mean, this one is just off, and it's it it's absolutely the script's fault. Like, um, how do I? Uh, it the 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 villain is basically Skynet. It's Chat GPT has become <laughs> self-aware, and they call it the entity. And it's Tom Cruise views versus the future or or some bullshit. And it's so dumb and so convoluted that they have to just spend endless amounts of time explaining it 
because well, they full on do not trust or respect the audience's intelligence you whatsoever. Pretty much, you hit on everything that is the Mission Impossible movie series. Yeah. Like every heist that they got to do, especially these last like three or four, have just been insanity. And they just loosely explain it in the context of whatever the plot is, but it never makes complete, absolute sense in any way, shape, or form. The first two or three Mission Impossible movies were always, it's an inside job. And I could never understand why every one of them was, it's an inside job. And it's because an inside job takes five seconds to, you know, explain. explain. Yeah. Yeah. And now that you mention it, I think of, I haven't really watched any of them since the second or third one. I just know of them. And from what I know, I'm like, oh, that sounds complex. That sounds like I well, don't care. <laughs> well, I mean, you get Ghost Protocol, which is Brad Bird, and that's got some good set pieces, and it's fun. It was kind of a course correct of of sorts. But then Christopher McQuarrie comes in, and suddenly you get like these like very heavy thematics oh, and plot lines, no, 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 the, and like everybody's pieces, a triple agent. Are great. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. the The script is the script is just ridiculous but the set pieces are a lot of fun that the problem is though that they all feel derivative right so like there's this great car chase scene but it's literally the same setting as a, a car chase scene in in rome as the fast and fast x just did the same summer it's the same steps in rome or or the born movies or whatever yeah, well, mm. but that this time there's no flaming nuclear bomb in a ball rolling down the steps. So it's not as fun. Um, It's the same parts of Venice that they used for Casino Royale. And then I shit you not the goddamn Orient Express. Okay. So like, (laughs) like, like not a lot of, but they do a lot of good stuff. It's just, it, it, arg it was frustrating Um, I will say like knowing that Tom Cruise is really doing the stunts does add to it like it does it, it, like when you see all this cgi shit you you yawn your way through it when you know that's him on the side of the burj khalifa you your your asshole kind of puckers a little because you're like that that could be death i mean yeah. and they get some I great guess. shots they get some great shots in this to really sell that he's doing i mean it. like yeah. do you get the good tom cruise running scene you oh, have to have he, one of those he, in every he does so much running just running and running. <laughs> he got that weird game. Like, uh, you know, it's just funny to watch. Yeah. So Haley totally Atwell is is in this one, and she continues to rule in just about everything she does. Um, and she is this this uh, pickpocket thief, and she, I guess she had to learn close up magic to do this role. Um, because again, they're doing everything in camera, but they take it so far that there's there's a MacGuffin in this movie that pretty much changes hands. Anytime any other person touches the person who has the MacGuffin, it's, it's like capture the flag in quake or something like where they just, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> by brushing up against them, they steal the MacGuffin and it happens over and over. And to the point where the last time I was convinced that the MacGuffin wasn't where it was because they finally broke that rule and somebody touched the person with the MacGuffin and didn't take it. <laughs> But anyway, the chain is broken. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was not bad. You know, it was a it was a fun action movie, but it was nowhere near the last one. Yeah. Well, here's um, the deal, and I'm sure Eric will agree with me. Uh, the fact that they bothered to call this one part one, I just I hate that when they yeah. when they do the preemptive prequel 
No, no, no. Penultimate, no. whatever. Ha- I mean, having just... sat through two movies that completely pissed off my wife because she didn't know they were going to be a part one and didn't end, having that warning ahead of time was great. They, sh- <sighs> they should do this. But, but what I'm saying they, is... This used to be like a, a joke. They made, like, remember Loaded Weapon Part 1? It's yeah. like they write out and <laughs> or, tell you this is the beginning of a fucking franchise. Yeah, or Leonard Part 6. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean... Harry yeah. Potter is to blame for this then, right? Like... This was the Deadly Hallows parts one and two, and then yeah. they did it in Hunger Games. When, when the companies realized that they could, instead of making one movie that makes a billion dollars, they could split it into two movies that make a billion dollars each. It's yeah. just mark. It's just good business. And then you sense. almost have to see the second one. But know? I mean, it's just, but it's just irritating, especially because there's just so many Mission Impossible movies now, and they're all basically that same. Like you said, there's a bowl. We're on the run. We've been disavowed. We got to do this and got to do that. Get the team yeah. together. I mean, it's just by the time you've seen the first couple, you're just like, well, all right, fine. So basically and, you're here for the stunts. So And they've one, stopped putting a number at the end of any of them. So I couldn't even tell you yeah, like yeah, what yeah. I haven't seen. Or right. in what sequence they're supposed to have happened. Right. Or Yeah. No <laughs> idea. No. I um, mean, it's just fun when you watch the first Mission Impossible, though, because it's from 96, 95, whenever. And he's still got a rush to get to a payphone that sells it for me because it's just that's only like five <laughs> years removed from when they've got like the big handy dandy digital tools that they can do whatever right. the fuck they want. But in right. the first one, he's got to run to find a payphone to call in and find out what's going on. So one of the one of the fun one of the fun things about this, and I can understand why maybe this script worked on paper before they like belabored the point to death is because our our enemy is is basically, you know in everything digital all of our surveillance technology cannot be trusted isn't that terminator like, terminator genesis that's the plot of that one basically I, I can't remember but 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 it is fun they they have some fun with like your your instruments are lying to you in this movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, uh anyway it, yeah i get it watch it on streaming it's you could do worse i mean the fact that the Indy Jones movie is just tanked. Ah, it's just, you know. So you've hit upon my other fresh shit. Yeah, I thought I might. <laughs> oh, Indiana my. Jones and the Geritol of Nostalgia. Yes. Um, <laughs> so. It's just um, nothing. Yeah, there's literally zero about this movie that makes me go, I have to see this. No, it, it's <laughs> it's not. It, it's inessential. Um, Which is just is, what you want for a movie that costs $300 million to make. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, oh, okay. I, so I what, understand that that he's now working on ruining regarding Henry, isn't he? It's like he, <laughs> yeah. he needs to go I back lo- and. I love that as a as a career highlight for him because I remember that came out and my whole thing was, oh, Dad, you've become so much nicer since someone shot you in the head. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I hate that movie so much. Uh, so. uh Definitely better than Crystal Skull. Okay. Oh, but how is that like, possible? The lowest possible bar has been cleared. <laughs> how is that possible um, with that bar? Yeah. <laughs> they they totally kill Mutt. Like the the um Oh yay. The okay. Shia LaBeouf character. They kill him off screen. It's like he went off to Vietnam and immediately got killed. Nice. And that's it for Mutt. Right. He got so, he got fragged. That's what happened to back. Mutt. Yeah. yeah. Mutt got fragged. <laughs> Um, it's a Niedermeyer. He's just like Niedermeyer. <laughs> <laughs> uh. um, so, 
you remember how when Crystal Skull came out, we're all like, boy, Harrison Ford sure seems like he's getting too old to play this character. Um, <laughs> Did we say that? Did we? Yeah. Okay. That was like well, 15 guess what? years it's ago. It's still true. Yeah, no, yeah. he's 15 years I mean, older now. I mean, it's no like Roger Moore in uh, View to a Kill He's so level, much older than Robert, Roger Moore in View to a Kill. Yeah, but you put those two together. Harrison Ford just he comes across as still pretty active, whereas uh, uh, Roger uh, Moore in View to a Kill is just like stiff. The only thing that makes him look alive is the fact that they got Patrick McNee from the Avengers to be his sidekick, so, who's even older. So you say that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the problem here. Yeah. So, first of all, deep fake indie totally works. Not uncanny valley, except two problems. One. He moves like old man mm. Ford mm-hmm. and yeah. two, he sounds like old man Ford. It's they, yeah. they, his voice is the older raspier Harrison. Ford. You, so uh, go ahead. If you watch the Irishman on Netflix, which they, where they do that with uh, De Niro, right? Yeah. Where he's supposed to be in his thirties. And of course, you know, he's a 70 year ish year old man beating a guy up and you can see him walking creakily. And it's so, yeah, it's so saddening. It's yeah. it's almost like yeah. you wouldn't even notice him walking creakily without the deep fakery. But this with is it, like calls yeah. it right out. Yeah. This is like 40 year old uh, Harrison Ford running around with the pens on. Right. Like, yeah. so it's <laughs> and it's what year is it set? Like 1960. What? Uh, this is, it's the, the year of the moon landing. So 69. 69. OK. Yeah. Um, that don't know that all of that works. Um there's I just it just it just feels like they they've realized that they fucked up with Crystal Skull and yeah. they just said, well, we need to have some sort of course correction before Harrison Ford dies. Mm-hmm. And that's what we got. And and the other thing is that basically most of the action indie does, he's driving something. Right. Oh, yeah. Because <sighs> you know because he's old. Yeah, down, we get it. Old, we get it. Yeah. You yeah, don't want him so, to break a hip on his <laughs> international jaunt for treasure. So we bring you know, it, it does Waller make you Bridget. realize Go ahead. it does make you realize we don't have another Harrison Ford. I mean, there is no one yeah. who comes even close to doing what he did. I mean, that you can't you can't even like even if you said, you know what, we're going to start a whole new franchise, a whole new thing, because that would be the smart thing to do. You know, just 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 start over with something new. Yeah, no, who no. would be in it. Who is that good? No one. No one does. what he um, could. Tom Hardy is as close as I can get. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I don't see that did, happening. And he already did. Tom Hardy that. has that. Tom Hardy has that. Uh, you know, he's very attractive and could beat the shit out of you in a bar fight kind of thing. But he doesn't have the same charisma. Yeah. It's like there's something about Harrison Ford that's just. Harrison I mean, the whole Ford. thing about why the indie character works and even Han Solo uh, and even to, to some degree, the Jack Ryan, which are his big like main roles. Uh is that Harrison Ford is like a dude's dude who will fight you, but he'll also just get the shit kicked out of him as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I mean, it's believable. It's, it's almost like when Bruce Willis has, hit Die Hard, it's sort of like a, a, everything changed, but everybody forgets that that's Indiana Jones. Yeah. It's just, he has that, that, um, 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 confusion and what's the word when, oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you, and I can't think of a goddamn yeah, word. But it's like bravado <laughs> until he Go goes ahead. wrong, it's and fun. then all of a it's sudden fun. he's like, "Oh fuck!" And then he's got to run, right? Yeah. I mean, to me, yeah, to me, Indiana Jones as a character is summed up perfectly in Last Crusade, 
when he and Sean Connery are escaping the plane and they're hiding after the car's wrecked and the plane's coming around and he's like, dad, it's, it's coming. He's like, they're shooting at us. It's like, happens to me all the time. And he like puts on his hat <laughs> and runs off. That literally is Indiana Jones. Every movie It's just like frantic, frantic, frantic. Oh, we got the Guga game over. Yay. So dial uh, of destiny. Um, Phoebe Waller bridge is our person who can run. And, um, she's, I mean, it's, she's flea bag without <laughs> looking directly at the camera. Right. But, okay. but, uh, she's entertaining and yeah, she's, she's, she's got her own agendas. And then there's kind of a short round character also, uh, which is fine, whatever. Um, just... when, when they want to go violent, they go violent. I, I mean, it, I don't know. I might like it better than Temple of Doom, actually, but it, Temple of Doom hasn't aged very well, and that may be why. <laughs> um, <sighs> it's not up to the know, first man. or even the third one for sure, but but it's fine. Um, John Williams <laughs> somehow is still alive and still, you know, writing scores. He does manage to get a little lick of the Indiana Jones theme to be played on some bagpipes that are marching in a parade in the background of a scene, which is kind of subtle. Um, blinking, you'll miss it. Um, but, yeah, I know, Chris, you were predisposed against this from the from the jump. I just, yeah. yeah, I just, I mean, I'm kind of done with Bond as well. They've just, yeah, they've they've ruined it with their think, artsy fartsy think, kind of. I think they're done up. with Bond as well. That's why they killed him, right? <sighs> They'll bring it They'll back. Never be done with Bond. Yeah, uh, you know. And it's just like, you know, in, in 15, 20 years, when we've got like Barbie five with Margot Robbie, it'll be that kind of thing. It's just they don't care. Uh, yeah, or maybe we'll get Mission Impossible 17, whatever they'll call oh, that. Oh, God. Yeah, that I I I just kind of hope at some point Tom Cruise does actually die on film. Like, like that seems <laughs> to be his plan. At this point. I mean, I he's know. looking weird. He's looking rattly. You know, I like I don't like calling out people for their age, but this is a guy who's been like so fighting it hardcore for so long that yeah. once he starts looking weird, you go, oh, dude, stop. I yeah. mean, like he he looks he's starting to look like that old dude mm -hmm. who is still dying his hair and needs to not, you know, I think uh, Tom Cruise and Nick Cage need to do a remake of Tango and Cash. Then I think that's what mm. we need. <laughs> I think Tom Cruise, like that the boat has sailed on his ability to slowly transition into being older a long time ago. Yeah. He's been he's been hanging desperately onto 37. It's like like for one so day we'll wake up that, and he's like, holy shit, he's 65. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like like uh um uh Cary Grant for years was Cary Grant, and then yeah. suddenly he was near immobile because of his, you know, his back and his arthritis, and nobody noticed. He was just yeah. Charming Cary Grant it. for so goddamn long. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, anyway, thanks so for sharing. Thanks for sharing, Brian. That that's the fresh shit. <laughs> Vulnerable. Right. That's the word I was trying to think of. Vulnerable. Like he there you could, go. Like you know, he knows he could get his ass kicked when he's fighting yeah. the enormous German underneath the flying wing, and he punches him in the face, and he just falls on his ass. Like holy shit, what was that? Yeah. You don't see action heroes do that typically you don't see them crawl away from the guy who's kicking the shit out of them yeah and he can do it not anymore oh to, <laughs> to go back in time 
Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Never mind. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, so, the end. The end of Indiana Jones is bug fuck insane. By the way, but not in a stupid way. That well, I mean, it's it it defies explanation. It just needs to be experienced. But it's it's a lot better than Christmas Skull. I mean, yeah. can I ask you this? How do you think Stringfellow Hawk would think about the ending of Die well, of Destiny? I'll tell you what. This is what I think. Since I had really, you don't know who I am. You just watched the whole fucking TV show about me. God damn it. I'm Stringfellow yeah. Hawk. Stringfellow Hawk, the star of Airwolf, played by oh. Jan Michael Vincent. Jan Michael Vincent. Did you not catch that? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. They only say it like five it, billion times. Yeah, the fresh it into, into the helicopter. The guy. Let's just put our yeah. faces straight into the helicopter blades. The guy who talks out of the side of his mouth because of several strokes, him, Stringfellow. <laughs> Stringfellow. And his brother, uh, Sinjin, which is apparently St. John. St. John, yeah. But they but they say it like Sinjin. That's how I've always heard it. Uh, so there you go. So I we're going to take more attention back. on Blue Thunder than Airwolf. Yeah. Did you not watch Airwolf, Brian? <laughs> I watched very little of Airwolf. And okay. then That's all you need. Video. That's all yeah. you need to watch. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to go back to the heyday of the early 80s. When uh, they decided that every cool movie was going to have some souped up piece of hardware, uh, like a plane or a train or an automobile or a helicopter. Yeah. In this Basically, case, we want to have an X-Wing, but we don't have a sci-fi movie. Yeah. But it's kind of like, you know, helicopters are kind of fuck it. Get one. Let's do this. And so of the two top dogs of the era, which they came out pretty close to each other, was the feature film Blue Thunder starring Roy Scheider, uh, directed by John Badham, who would go on to do war games and, and previously did Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live and blah, blah, Fever. blah, Saturday Night Fever. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and co-written by Dan O'Bannon, the man who co-wrote Alien and who would go on to do Return of the Living Dead, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so it's basically about a police surveillance helicopter that's got all of the at the time <laughs> state of the art uh, surveillance doodads. Where you can do like heat vision and eavesdrop and right. has weaponry and bulletproof and the only thing missing is like the uh like the the big power surge uh speed boost or whatever <laughs> yeah uh, that airwolf like has that. and then there's they, you know uh a thrilling cops and uh espionage kind of take on the whole thing where you're being modified you're being watched you're being looked at it's yeah. Blue Thunder to me is like uh, Francis Ford Coppola is the conversation if done by uh, Sh like Schwarzenegger or Stallone. It's got that vibe. Does that yeah. sound? Blue, Blue okay. Thunder was basically we've got this 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 we want to do a helicopter movie. We don't know why. There is a <laughs> yeah, line. Yeah. There's a yeah. line in there where they say they created this helicopter so that it could blow the shit out of the inner city. That's what the big thing is, is that somehow yeah. they 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 are going to, I don't know, shoot black people with it. And they they say it in like one line. And that's the reason for the movie. That's yeah. it. There's yeah. no setup. There's no story. There's just excuse. You know, there's yeah. here's MacGuffin. Here's reason. That's just it. It's like it, there's a there's a setup scene for this helicopter where they've got like this this uh, shooting range this mocked up town and they've got red 
people and white people and the they're showing how the computer systems on this thing are able to shoot the black people and red people and uh as long as they remain stationary and and you know okay so if you're bringing this into like a war zone like another country and you're trying to target certain people first of all how are you going to tell who's who i imagine it's probably trained to to work on white versus red uh but but second of all but then we're going to deploy it in los angeles so yeah, yeah, it's straight up we're going to shoot the black people, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, they didn't go with the obvious storyline because you know they're probably their their parent company probably owns a couple of arms manufacturers, which is <laughs> you yeah. we we build all these weapons and we don't have enough countries to sell these weapons to. Let's start selling them to police forces. You know, that's I mean, I think that would have been a great story, but then well, it would I mean, have been about money and corporations, and we yeah. don't fuck with them. Well, I mean, this is coming off of the heels of like the whole. SWAT evolution uh, a few years earlier where yeah. we start to see like the the militarization of the the police and I think this is sort of trying to make a statement about that as a cautionary tale but it just falls so flat when you get to the end and it's literally just 20 minutes of like shitty editing of helicopters chasing each other through, through the canals of Los Angeles yeah. <laughs> and it's just they it's just nothing about it is like unique yeah. or interesting I- almost feel like maybe someone wrote an actual script like there was an idea in there somewhere that either got buried with nonsense like they just kept taking out you know cut slowly snipping the balls off of what real story there was because i like the idea of we're gonna sell fucking military equipment to the police force and oh my god what a bad idea yeah (laughs) or they snuck that in as the barest possible reason from the like there was never a very deep story there was just one guy saying well why don't you have that guy say something about you know, shooting up the inner city because that one moment where he says that makes me hate this movie so much that they basically flippantly use this one idea as an excuse for their yeah. dumb movie well i mean yeah like you say it just it feels cobbled in many ways i mean uh but they've it- got the when it came out though it was like it was it was, it was kind a, of a it was a big deal a big deal yeah, yeah. and this is 1983 and first of all um the way you guys you know are talking about the racism angle it's you know when i first started watching it it was roy scheider and daniel stern introducing daniel stern yeah. possibly uh, no he'd already are, been in a diner okay are, are flying around in a in a normal helicopter i'm like oh it's ghetto bird the movie okay <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> right and and so we've made ghetto bird much much worse uh by introducing the 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 weaponry but um the the big thing here is like talk about your fascist cops thing all they do is they're just peeping toms right yeah. they're, they're there's just... that whole yeah ob- obnoxious sequence where they're spying on the woman doing her yoga or whatever yeah her naked yoga but then like it they get in the blue thunder like oh this thing peaks down dresses at a thousand feet you know this is great all they're fucking doing is is like perving out (laughs) i'm trying to remember does uh does blue thunder also have the whisper mode it must if they're able to it does that's how they're able to hover next to the building while they record um yeah yeah and nobody's noticing all of the palm trees and shit just flapping furiously in the wind caused yeah. by the blades i mean it's just it's so stupid but i remember when it came out everybody was sort of losing their mind over the surveillance aspect of it where they could just hover outside a building and then like use heat ray vision and get all the 
the recordings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then that sort of leads to the whole MacGuffin chase. Uh, with The quaint days where they had to put effort into getting all of your information. Yeah. Okay. But the fact <laughs> is they give, they make Malcolm McDowell, the, the counterweight, the bad guy. And he's just like, it's just, what is he doing in this movie? It just doesn't make any sense to me. He's like pompous. He, that's yeah. that's the thing. We hate him because he's British and he's pompous. That makes and he keeps doing guy. that the finger gun thing. Catch you later. Catch you later. Yeah. And then <laughs> that to some sort of David Warner the, wasn't available, so they got Malcolm McDowell. Ah, yeah. Yeah. And, apparently yeah. Malcolm McDowell was is scared shitless to fly, and he was married to Mary Steenburgen at the time, who said that uh, she was amazed that they got him up in the helicopters for any of those shots at all. <laughs> so <laughs> when you watch it, just think about. Uh, Malcolm McDowell just being scared shitless yeah. because he's in a helicopter and it and, it adds to it because he looks like I he's think, grimacing every time he's in the cockpit of one of these things. It just doesn't make sense. And I think I mean, like either he already had one or he got a helicopter pilot's license. Roy Scheider did to, yeah. to make this like he's flying that helicopter in a lot of not the actual stunting scenes, but he is flying right. for a lot of it. And I, I was I found that impressive. Well, I mean, it just yeah. This one sort of falls in line with like uh like Bad Moon Rising. Remember that one for a few years later? Yeah. yeah uh with Tommy Lee Jones, where it's you've got the souped up techno car that they gotta steal. It's just of that ilk. And yeah. then you've got like the TV shows. This is very well, this isn't very night writery, but it's close. And then there was another one called Street Hawk, which was about cops using some sort of super techno motorbike that had but all pro you know, like cops, mega like mega force shit yeah yeah we are the bad guys and we got to root for these cops yeah you know so. I, yeah the pro cop thing of the 80s is really a little gross yeah the one thing is this is a fun movie to to look at i mean i yeah. love practical stunts so yeah. and, and the it, helicopter it, pilot stunts are, are pretty fun in this movie yeah. yeah but everybody's just sort of wasted as far as where their characters are you've yeah. got like a a, a dead love story with Candy Clark. Uh, the partnership with Daniel Stern is just flat from the get-go. And it's just like the wide-eyed earnest kid, but you know he's going to wind up dead. I mean, but it's I, just, you know. I still love that moment. Like, I, st- I, the thing, first thing I always think of with this movie, you know, is actually when they have Daniel Stern and the guy says, and I know you don't believe me, so I'm going to break your fingers. That's, that's like, what a, <laughs> what a great way yeah. to convince somebody. And the, yeah. And the fact that they keep calling him Jaffo, which gets totally neutered when they translate it over to the even more pointless TV show uh, a year later. Oh, they give it a different uh, acronym because it's just another fucking observer, right? It's just another uh, forgotten observer. Bullshit. Or frustrated observer. Yeah. Double bullshit. And that's Dana Carvey in the 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 role of Jaffo. And that, like Eric had mentioned when we were talking about this, it's like literally the whole show. It's just nothing but stock footage from the Blue Thunder movie. Where they flip it upside down or where they're using the heat (laughs) vision. And the heat vision part of the TV show is still so hilarious because, you know, they're about to use it. Every time they're about to use it, everybody is sitting on the couch and standing by the bar in the exact same position. They do it four or five times in the show. I watched (laughs) the show (laughs) and they would always be standing in the exact same position so they could use the exact same heat footage and it's like <laughs> it's so funny. yeah but it's just you know and so much like hey we're gonna televise this thing so you get like bubba smith and dick buckus is like the the lampoony uh cops who are There's, just like giant men and they're just there they, to drive the van from place to place yeah <laughs> they just, have like a technical uh, services yeah. van 
that has all the same shit in it as the blue thunder. So they will then use the heat vision to like, look at people yeah. sitting on the couch and standing by the bar. And it, that they, thing lasted like six episodes. They can't something. look at naked women. So it's, it's not so blue, blue thunder. thunder. So yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So blue thunder. I mean, yeah, I don't know. What was but, the, but uh, the, the TV the, show gets overwhelmed by, uh, an actual TV show called Airwolf. Airwolf. Uh, with Donald Jan- P. Belisario had uh, a Magnum PI, and he had an episode. Like I remember, there was a helicopter guy. It was totally the Airwolf story, yeah, yeah. and he they tried were to trying do to do a, a backdoor, backdoor pilot. Yeah, and it failed. And years later, he came back with the exact same story. But I guess he, you know, tuned it up to make yeah. Airwolf. The first season of which is relatively interesting. I mean, the- they do like the the Cold War stuff. It's this very far, more, far yeah. more awesome than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> right. Like you I watch saw. the movie and it's just it's it like it's a, obviously a TV movie for the pilot of the show, but it's a thousand times more entertaining than Blue mm-hmm. Thunder. Once I like watch the two back to back, I'm like, holy shit. I don't remember Airwolf being this awesome, even though it's fucking terrible. That's my yeah. that's my whole Airwolf vibe. Yeah, it's uh, this show, this show, Airwolf and uh, Wise Guys for two shows in the 80s where they started out smart. They started out like the way they make TV now, where it's a long arc and a dark story, and we're slowly piecing together who these people are. And in that way, Airwolf started out good. Yeah, They ended up saying, hey, we need to dumb it down and have like a monster of the week or whatever. (laughs) Need more. Yeah, it started out uh, with the high intentions and then devolved into Knight Rider more or yeah. less but the whole gist of the this one is airwolf is the super advanced military helicopter uh gets stolen in a blaze of glory by the inventor who's uh a very bad man <laughs> a very very bad the man. guy from uh blow up i can't remember, yeah. remember his name but the guy from uh, blow up. yeah i'm trying to remember the the actor's name um I think he was also on csi as the uh the 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 mortician uh yeah i oh, i totally blanked his name but he was also the uh the rebel leader in barbarella i mean he just had like a weird a weird career but so he steals the the air airwolf from the like the demo with david this. hemmings that's him yes and uh and takes off to libya because it's 1983 so he's gonna go take yeah. the helicopter to Gaddafi. Actual Gaddafi. Big, yeah. Yeah. Who's the big boogeyman uh of the era? And then just does stuff for Gaddafi uh while he's living the life of luxury in Libya. And then that, they that alone makes it hold on, that alone makes it like it a thing <laughs> of its time. Like if they tried to make that now, they would make up the the country of Bullshitistan or whatever, yeah, yeah. and and have you know <laughs> some. I mean, it's true. And, and it would totally devolve would into the fucking Team America World Police. Piss off yeah. somebody, and it's like no, no, it's Gaddafi. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Fuck so yeah. then they, yeah. so then the uh, this this entity that's like the CIA, but the firm. not the firm. Uh, goes to enlist Stringfellow Hawk, played by J. Michael Vincent, who's now this like like pre-commando. He's like the loner in the cabin uh, playing cello to the Eagles on the lake. You know, introspective dude who's yeah. just Over, damaged goods. Overdone. Overdone yeah. dramatic so, character so stuff. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then, yeah. So they show up to his cabin. They say, we need you to get Airwolf back. He's like, well, what about my brother in, in Vietnam? 
they're like, forget about your brother. No. Okay. We'll find him. Okay. And then he goes to get airwolf and then, uh, stuff happens, but then no, really. What about my brother? Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, and then so, the rest of the show becomes basically, I am not going to give you back your helicopter until you find my brother, yeah. which is yeah. an interesting way to keep the show going is but, them hiding out in a cave and the CIA not being able to tell to find them. Yeah where all this helicopter fuel is being shipped. That's yeah. what I'm saying. That's like the thing that always bugs me about the show. It's like a good premise on the face of it. But then you start thinking, well, where are they getting all this copter fuel? Where are they getting rearmed for all those missions? It's like, as soon as they land to refuel, the, the firm is going to be on them like flies to shit. I mean, it's just none of it really makes sense if you look at it hard enough. But okay. I mean, that's, Can that's we Donald P. Saldario. That the Air Wolf helicopter itself is just a way cooler design than blue thunder like by a lot oh yeah it's a it's a much better that the airwolf is an actual helicopter it's a bell 222 and they just sort of glued stuff onto it so it yeah. looked like it had military shit the the blue thunder is like a a serious mock-up i don't i think they built all that framing around some other helicopter i mean it's the blue thunder uh, is at least kind i think of the blue Apache thunder helicopter is it's a french built sa 341 g gazelle apparently yeah. that's been super modified they bolted on parts from like uh apaches that's like the canopy in the whole nine yards so that one looked mm -hmm. very slapdash even for a yeah. big budget holiday hollywood movie whereas yeah. arrow looks fully formed uh yeah it I'm, I'm just saying it has the advantage of being something that like hughes helicopter was actually selling it looks yeah. like a real thing and i think actually that's sort of part of the premise yeah it looks like you know your standard executive helicopter but it's got all this guns and junk well, I yeah. mean, it's it's definitely of its time. This is very much in line with Knight Rider, uh, etc., which is just, it's just the silly weekly adventure uh, yeah. with the high tech <laughs> equipment. But I mean, it's I mean, it's Donald P. Belisario who you mentioned. I mean, he had he had worked on a but like he did Battlestar Galactica, I think the original. He did Magnum PI, Tales of the Gold Monkey, right before Airwolf. Uh, so. Did he he knows his way around like the serial that, drama. Was he no that was that was that was Canel, wasn't it? The A team. Because I'm like, I could totally see an airwolf scenario where they fly from small airport to small airport to small airport, getting their <laughs> helicopter fuel and helping locals beat up thugs. Yeah. Well, there's also Glenn Larson who worked with Belisario on a bunch of other stuff that had a, a whole shit ton of just classics. I mean, he he's the guy that did Knight Rider. Okay. Which makes me laugh because it's basically <laughs> Airwolf and Knight Rider. It's just one's a car, one's a helicopter, that yeah. kind of thing. So, it's the somehow same. Somehow we've gotten this far, and you haven't said the words Ernest Borgnine. I mean, and, oh, I'm I was getting, getting there. there. <laughs> Dominic Santorini, or whatever his name is. Oh God, uh, comic relief that you must have, and the, but comic relief where you can see the lead grimacing every time he talks. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's basically okay, Ernest, just sit in the back there and just flip some switches until you figure out what's going on. Because it's literally you got it, episode. string fellow. <laughs> sure yeah. do, string fellow. I'll do yeah. that, string fellow. <laughs> nyang, nyang, nyang. Yeah, in between, I remember back in World War II with your dad. Blah de blah de blah. And then don't Jan talk Michael down Vincent's to me. I was Marty. <laughs> yeah, and then J. Michael Vincent just being gruff. It's literally his whole whole oh, Jan acting Michael bag. Vincent, that's the sad one because you look at like him in this and everything before. He is a seriously attractive man. You look at him this 
afterwards, he is a seriously falling apart man. It is yeah. creepy. Well, that's one reason. Google Jan yeah. Michael Vincent and look at the images. It's it's startling. Well, his yeah. alcohol is what got the show canceled. Yeah. yeah. It's like, because yeah. you. I don't know if you've ever watched enough. Eric probably has. I know you're not going to remember this, Brian. But late, yeah, basically, no. they went away and then came back for a fourth season that didn't have any of the original cast. It was like a one like a Van Dyke yeah, it was a kid. USA Network. Yeah, like, it up or whatever. Season four, episode one. They they killed Santini. They 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 sewed up the thing with Stringfellow and his brother, and then they moved the whole production to Canada. Yeah, just so they could hit that hundred <laughs> hundred episode mark, so they could get the the good good money for syndication and it never quite happened yeah uh but airwolf literally like every adventure is just them like going in somewhere and saving somebody or defusing a situation or whatever it's literally like a team meets night rider uh <laughs> and the first season they played it real serious and then it starts to become just this ridiculous uh kind of adventure of the week as eric was saying earlier yeah, but the thing I love about Airwolf as a helicopter versus Blue Thunder is Airwolf uh, doesn't make a lick of sense, but it's still way more fun. Like when they do the rocket launcher speed burst, it's like how are the the blades just not flying <laughs> off if they're doing Mach seventy? You know what yeah. I mean? It just doesn't make a lick of sense. But you take it on faith, sure. And for what it is, I mean, the action is actually pretty fun and fast paced, and you know, zippy. In the yeah. airwolf stuff. I well, mean, the helmets look cooler too. They, they, yeah, but they I, did a good job. I think know. what I like though is the when there's not action sequences, they're they're trying to actually create a drama. They're trying yeah. to <laughs> build a reason. They're they, they're building a universe in which this happens that's credible. Yeah. Blue Thunder utterly lacks that. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, in Blue Thunder, the closest you get is Roy Scheider doing the thing where he tries to stop the stopwatch right at the last second yeah. without looking well uh, that kind of thing and, and that, weird vietnam flashback that yeah. somehow does <laughs> yeah. or doesn't affect him yeah, yeah. well that's mm. and that's the big thing right like it, it is impossible to talk about military themed action from the 80s without talking about vietnam right like yeah. it is just it was just part of the, consciousness. the thing and and it's you know, I'm I'm pretty sure it's why there's a lot of helicopter shit going on because the Hueys mm. and all of that in yeah. in Vietnam as well. But, um, but yeah, that is that is our common thread, is it not? You know, we've got the sort of Vietnam, I guess in yeah. Airwolf's case, it's the brother, but we got that sort of trauma hanging over our our heroes or whatever. I wonder if it's because we just got out. You know, we we had only been out of Vietnam like ten years, yeah. and we still want to make movies and TV shows where people shoot stuff. And it's like we kind of have to address that we didn't used to like shooting stuff because of Vietnam. But as long as we mention it, it's OK to shoot stuff again. Maybe. I, I mean, there was I all guess. that World War II stuff and it was like, we want to keep making that. But now we yeah, have to acknowledge rah, rah. that it's more complicated. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. This I mean, it feels like if they didn't do Airwolf, you'd never get something like Iron Eagle. And again, that one's centered around like <laughs> Libya. And it's just like, we got to go get the guy from behind enemy lines. We're going to fly these cool jets in this. It's kind of the same vibe as far so as I'm Airwolf's concerned. So it's Airwolf's fault. Yeah, okay. Airwolf is to blame. <clears throat> I figured I that's a Top Gun thing. Yeah, of course it is. Well, but <laughs> but you know what I mean? It did, But it doesn't do the Top Gun like cadre of fighter pilots. It's the dumbass like working from... <laughs> 
some other career or whatever, learning how to fly, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Because Arrow, literally the first season, Airwolf is just like trying, they're trying to figure out how to do this maneuver, shoot this gun, uh, whatever. And so it's just Ernest Borgnine in the back, just frantically flipping switches going, I can't do it, string. He's like, literally, yeah. like, I've given it all I've got, Captain, I can't give no more. I mean, it's the just- The lady doesn't want to. You got to yeah. be careful with the lady. <laughs> it's just dumb. But the whole- the whole thing that covers character for Stringfellow Hawk in the first one is literally like when you let slip that he doesn't wear underpants. And it's just yeah. like for no reason other than to be like uncomfortable as well, far as I that, can tell. Audience. Uh, uh, and then yeah. but I will give him kudos in the 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 pilot, they did kill the love interest, which I forgot about. Uh, yeah, but they and, also did that as part of his long, you know, bemoaning everyone who gets close to me dies. Yeah. It's like, see what I mean? She died. Yeah. But just really kind of funny because she's the woman from uh Time Rider who is ends up being the his he sleeps with her and then turns out that she's his great grandmother, so he's his own grandpa. <laughs> but she's the <laughs> but she's the one from that. Uh but Airwolf of the two, I think, is way more. Like you think 80s, this is definitely it. It's an yeah. 80s action show. I mean, from the, the the synth theme on down, it's just, it's like literally of its time. There's no way this could translate to now Blue without Thunder being total kitschy. is one of those movies that's like a handoff between the 70s and the 80s. Like, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Roy Scheider isn't a buff muscle dude. It's not a raw, raw jingoist um thing it's definitely got more of a 70s vibe to it but it has the sort of like the synthy score um definitely and you know it's handing off and in the end in a very 70s movie you know like this this is i you would not see this in other 80s action movies he destroys the helicopter like what other movie would he say we're not having a sequel for reels because i just through this thing at a train yeah we're gonna get a tv show instead i hope you got enough footage that's yeah. basically what it would boil down i always to. figured that the tv show basically pretended the movie didn't exist yeah i mean it's just uh it's so t- it's it's it feels like i'm watching a zucker abram zucker version of blue thunder when i watch that show <laughs> yeah i mean it's just it's just ugh, i it's mean terrible. it's on you that you watched it i'm <laughs> i mean they're just they're they're antiques of the time like yeah. I remember Blue Thunder was always on HBO and it always seemed so enticing as a kid. And then I finally watched it. And I went, that really? Yeah. That's what I waited up for? Fuck this movie. You know, you're like 13. I, <laughs> yeah. The thing like Airwolf as a kid, I remember having in my head so much gravitas because of that relationship they had with Archangel. Where yeah. It's like, wait a minute. Is he a good guy or is he a bad guy? I cannot tell. Everything is gray and weird. And that made me think there was more going on than there actually was. Yeah. But there was still more going on than in Blue Thunder. Well, <laughs> I mean, Blue Thunder, they, yeah. Well, Blue Thunder, they spent so much time working the serious angle about, you know, intrusion of surveillance and the police state and blah, blah, blah. And it just totally unravels at the end. Uh, and Airwolf, I just to me, is top notch because it's just it, it leans in. It knows it's silly. And it just doesn't care because yeah. you get all of like the action sequences where they they've obviously sped up the film, but they cover it with that like noise, noise and whatever. And then when the cannon thing shoots, they always got to get the shot of the the cannons coming down. Mm. And then the, like the the obviously <laughs> drawn on like animated fireball coming out of it in the whole nine yards. It's just so of its 
of its ilk but it's just so ingrained in my memories from from being a kid watching it that it's like that's what i think about which is i think why i gravitated to uh iron eagle as a reference point for it because it's just the same shit so i don't know but but the fact that uh blue thunder came out in 1983 and was a top 20 movie i mean that's that doesn't say much for 1983 and that was that was the year that tootsie and return of the jedi came out yeah i mean it's not not a bad year for movies but yeah uh but but i totally thought airwolf came out much sooner i didn't realize it was 84 and so that's firmly in the middle of the 80s which i think is why it is just Mm. it but it's got the theme song that's what punches it for me (laughs) thoughts uh, I think the the best helicopter movie is uh, Nicholas Cage and Firebirds that we discussed <laughs> last week. Shut up. Especially oh. with him yelling, I am the greatest. That yeah. Is the, that is the moment for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. This show doesn't really want me to have thoughts, Chris. So it's, it's fine. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, definitely the fourth season uh, of Airwolf. <laughs> definitely. But it's. I think, Brian, now you should go back and look at, you need to watch Street Hawk, which I mentioned earlier. Oh, should that's I? with uh that's with rex smith uh and then uh auto man is another good one i vaguely remember the existence of auto man yes yeah i think that's another uh-huh. glenn larson uh, i saw production. the opening titles and changed the channel i i remember that vaguely yeah 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 it's uh, anyway. if there's any if there's anything you vaguely remember and want us to talk about we could do a show on it yeah, or just yeah. tell us tell us who wins, Blue Thunder versus Airwolf. Yeah, or Thunderbirds. Firebirds? Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds. <laughs> Thunderbirds wins. Okay, yeah. yeah. So to tell us, you go to our website, maghuge.com, and then you'll find links to all our socials, and a link to email us at magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. You'll also find all our old episodes, which you can also find by subscribing to the podcast, and then share it with your friends uh, so that we can get all of your friends' opinions and, and have more content for you, you content-consuming people, you. Mm-hmm. Do it. Yes. We, and, I am the greatest. Hail Satan!